it's like it's alone. like uh it's like when mj puts us in uh, uh, <laughs> 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 and I'm admitting live that I, I love that everybody's like laughing. Like everybody can relate. That's great. We love you, MJ. <laughs> we he do, apologized we do, to we me do. for that the other day. He's like, "Thanks for being my friend, even though I tag you in everything." It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. The Minnesota Football Show: Your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international stuff. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Sheila Regan, Bridget McDowell, and Pablo Miranda. Produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria and Eric Silva Brenneman. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at MN Football Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome to another Minnesota football show. It is I, Eric Silva Brenneman. I'm back. I survived the, uh, as what would you call it, Rodrigo? The, the anti masking battles in the net. Yeah, state the anti maskers in state parks. Uh, uh, investigative reporting that you were you. engulfed yourself over for, the, for two weekends in a row. That's right. I, I, like, right. I like an in depth 5,000 word essay we can publish oh, on wow. our Patreon. 5,000. And on your, your, your findings of, of anti maskers in, in state parks <laughs> in Wisconsin and, and Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. Um, now, this last one was pretty good. I, I was telling you guys a little earlier. I think it was a little more balanced 50 50 or 60 40. Uh, the one previous to that, I guess three weeks ago now, was not. Uh, that was Whitewater, closer to Rochester. We've gone to a few of the other ones as well. We have a, a parks pass that ends, I guess, this week, the end of end of the month. So we've been kind of cramming since August, trying to get out as much as we can, but then we really stuck them all in. But it was it was decent. I'd, I'd say like 60, 40 or so. Um, but um, let me throw let's, let's do our little uh, check in. So Bridget Rodrigo, how are you all? And then I'll get to Rob in a second here. He gets his own little intro. Uh good just um trying to stay sane with work and uh not going anywhere else so yeah the usual right on we had we had some uh some twitter battles i got i got a a a day in the life of all the uh sexist misogynist bros that like to pile on uh on lady welcome to the party yeah it was nasty i wow from Wales, apparently. It was like the Welsh dude bros. Yeah, I don't I don't know where he came from or how he came across that thread. And then all of his friends had to jump in and help defend them. But right. uh, yeah, it's always some weird, like a random town in Northern Ireland or some Welshman. Or it's always super random. It's kind of hilarious. But you are you are far stronger than I. I mean, I just got a taste, yeah. and I'm like, wow. You all remember when uh, was it the FC Cincinnati coach got fired for like saying racist things, right? Yeah. And so I somehow jumped into a thread and commented on something, and literally, like, I spent three days trying to make sense of people <laughs> and like mute block mute block block mute <laughs> no i wish i wish it would have been that simple but it was like the interpretation of what racism is and the aspect from like the united states and europe is like there's a big gap 
Oh, I remember this. I I got thrown into this one too. Now I I I remember this. And it's like, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. This is crazy. I was like, I was like, and I'm like, I'm like, you know what? I'm wasting my time. I'm not gonna waste any more time. (laughs) And I just never replied again. But the problem with that is we we know when it's time to just let it go, but none of the other idiots do, and they just kept going. So you check later, and you're in like five other threads. You're like, God damn it! I just want to (laughs) leave. It's like it's like uh, it's like when MJ puts us in. <laughs> and I'm admitting live that I, I love that everybody's like laughing, like everybody can relate. That's great. We love you, MJ. We he do, apologized we do, to we me do. for that the other day. He's like, Thanks for being my friend, even though I tag you in everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. And there's our cold open, my friends. And there's our cold open. So good. Oh, all right. Well, Sheila is not with us today, but. Because we uh, we don't subscribe to Adrian Heath's substitution philosophy or dogma, perhaps we can more properly call it. We have a substitute. Um, please welcome Rob Pedersen on the Minnesota Football Show. He is a patron, so well, we like to get our patrons on here as well. We have him for a specific reason coming up eventually uh, with a with a very specific topic. But uh, Rob, welcome. What up? Thanks for having me. Um... I don't know, be be gentle. I've never been on a podcast before, so. Uh, do you mind maybe giving like a minute, two minute intro on how you got into el football? Uh, I mean, I grew up playing in the Bay Area. Um, you know, always loved it. Always loved the sport. Kind of fell out of it, which is, I was too cool in high school and uh, all that. Uh, and then found my way back to it really once I moved to Minnesota, and I already have. You know, sports fandom for the A's and, you know, the other Bay Area sports teams. But I didn't really have a soccer team. I didn't really follow the, the, the earthquake or the clash. Um, and found my way up to Nessie for just like a random – I think I got like a Groupon or something. I was like, hey, go up. So I went up and I was like, oh, this is incredible. And just uh, then slowly got more comfortable and more involved and um, started sitting in the supporter section and um, – yeah, I mean, just completely fell in love with not only the sport as an adult, but also just the camaraderie with the um, the supporter culture and all that. And just really enjoyed, you know, the second family that I've found. Right on. I don't know what else? Yeah, that's about okay. it. <laughs> and you were wearing – go ahead. No, I was just saying I missed those uh, open grilling pregame sessions yes. at Nessie. I, yeah. I, I, until, until, until Rob mentioned it, I was like – Oh, I remember with me, Eric, and I think it was uh, Pablo would like take over part of the grill with the dark clouds. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) They'd be like, insurrection, insurrection. No, welcome. I was like, damn it. They're so welcoming. (laughs) That was a lot of fun. Oh, the tailgating. I I was just going to mention, is is that a Rangers logo you got going on there? No, it's like a big, it's like a fancy Everton so Bridget, I'm oh. sorry. I'm How dare you? How dare you wear that here? I, I like those old school ones where they all blend. I mean, Flamengo in Brazil is very similar to it as well. Yeah. Oh sure. This is like the 100 year anniversary Goodison Park. Um, sure. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I'm sure our audio listeners love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get a Makes photo a later. When you got Colombians on your team, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> I love it. I, 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 I hope that the way that the Wolves have their Portuguese kit, I hope Everton puts together a Colombian kit. Gio, no, no, 
<laughs> I love my uncle. Um, we got a lot of stuff to talk about here, so let's jump in. Um, this this first thing relates directly to you, Roberto. This is for our Patreon Patreons Patreons through um, patrons. Thank you, my lovely partner. <laughs> um, Hop clouds. Uh, Christian has been has been brewing some beer with my neighbor's hops and my neighbor's uh, plums. We're gonna have two Minnesota football show beers. Two, one of like, which, like just two, like two bottles, or no, 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 <laughs> two styles, oh, multiple, you, oh, multiple okay. beers, <laughs> multiple beers, two styles. So, the more money you donate, the more sips you get. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Poor Rob's like, what? Why am I paying for this? I get one sip. <laughs> It's like I wanted Eric's fruit. <laughs> so, so one of the beers is named after the amazing Bridget McDowell. It is an IPA, and it's it's specific. It's low on. Um, well, maybe you can talk about it. It's, it's uh, uh, go ahead. The the low gluten. That's it. Yeah. So he um, when he made that one a few months ago, uh, he actually went through. Surly asked them some advice. Uh, he started making that one because I was lamenting the loss of uh, a low gluten beer that Surly used to make. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can fix that for you. Perfect. So yeah, it's a, it's a clean tasting IPA. Um, I think I still have a bottle of it. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I'm hearing a lot of people say they've never tried a gluten-free beer and really like that one. So Nice. There used to be a, I don't know if there still is, but like, I remember this is, you know, I'm, I'm dating myself, but years ago when me and Eric were young guys and we went to some, some, some fellow that we know that lives in the neighborhood bachelor party that was at Surly there, we, we did a tour and then we this. ended up going to a gluten-free uh, brewery that was in St. Paul. I don't know it if was it's off still the, there. It was off the train. I remember that. Yeah. It wasn't too far. From I know because uh, we had to jump offensive. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. Burning brothers. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. They're still there. Yeah. Yeah, and like, and like, all of us were like gluten-free beer. What's that? And so, like, <laughs> it was fine. Yeah. No, we drank beer. I was like, it's beer. I was like, yeah. cool. And like, my mother-in-law is uh, uh, gluten-free, so she needs to. So, so like, um, from time to time, she'll buy some gluten-free beer, and I'd be like, now I now I have an option, and be like, oh yeah. We're going to mass produce this. We're going to talk to Christian Fitchett. And I'm going to show my basement because we turned it into like a call center for all my kids to do work. I got space now. We got tables and tables. We can, we can, run, a, we can run a frog town operation out of my basement <laughs> and just mass produce it and sell it. So, you know? so your kids can do homework in the brewery? That's right. I like this idea. Minnesota football show is breaking bad here. <laughs> So if if I'm not mistaken, I, I think the the hops that I can I can see out the window right now, uh, I think they're going into that beer. I, he might correct me on that, but I know for a fact that the other brew is going to be a Belgian double, and that one is with my neighbors. I believe they're Victoria plums. I, I got so many plums. I got probably over 10 pounds worth of plums. I've still got about five of those 10 in the freezer. I've got four gallons of wine going and I had three pounds to give, uh, to give Christian to work with. So he's playing with that. Um, he's, he's been sending me little videos and obviously I can't like smell or taste, but just seeing everything <laughs> visually, like the color looks awesome. So I'm excited for that one. So uh, Minnesota football show 
Patreon, patreon.com backslash Minnesota football show. Rather you can sign up at any of those tiers and uh, get your beer. If you want some wine as well, I'll throw that in. And that's what we're giving to the people. Yay. Okay. Um, so I, I just listened to this today. In fact, and I'm putting it out just as a recommendation, but BSI put out a new episode, two part episode with Colin Martin. It was fantastic. It was, it was great just to hear everything that we've covered that everybody else from every other show at this point has covered regarding what happened to him. But it was nice to hear it from his direct perspective. And it was also cool because Ike is back on the show and they obviously have a relationship having you know played together for, for a short time. Uh, but nonetheless, just hearing them go back and forth was, was kind of a cool vibe. So I do recommend that to our listeners as well. The podcast, we're the podcast that always recommends other podcasts. <laughs> it's like, if you want to listen to us, cool, but you should really check these other guys. <laughs> um, all right, let's jump into some Minnesota United from last week. Um, I'm going to let uh, Bridget and Rodrigo and, and Rob, you guys can kind of drive on this one because this this is somewhat related to where we are at present with the uh, entire <laughs> media situation with coverage of this team, which is getting increasingly more difficult to watch. Um, but I, I was on the radio, so I sort of kind of was able to follow and and catch bits and pieces. But it was a 2-2 tie against Houston. Um, we're back to this whole tale of two halves thing that I'm really sick and tired of, to be totally honest. Um, whoever wants to take it. Rodrigo so, glasses off. He's getting serious. <laughs> <laughs> Focus. Go ahead, Bridget. <laughs> uh, so we can just say that we're lucky that it wasn't like four or five to two. Uh, Houston definitely led the game, especially second half. I mean, Minnesota was pretty decent first half. Um, well, yeah, two goals, and I'm trying. Were both of those goals in the first half? Yep, they were. It was close. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were like with um, like ten minutes of each other. It feels like yeah. That's right. Yeah. The first goal was was actually pretty spectacular. I, yeah. I I was lucky enough to get it on social media to see it, uh, but starts with the Gasper throw in, Molino little little header, Kamara gets it and flicks it immediately. To Lud, who we should mention was was on his evil side. He was he was on the on the uh, left, but he actually you know at least in this half wasn't too bad. It was, it was the best yeah. game that he's played on the left. Exactly, and so he gets that ball and like Rodrigo always talks about cutting in instead of going out for that cross. He cuts into goal, brings two defenders with him, passes it off to uh, uh, Finley at the exact moment they basically bonk heads. <laughs> It was, it was the perfect moment to get that thing out of there. And Finley's wide yeah. open to just one time. It, it was it was pretty neat to see. With his left, right? I mean, that yeah. was a left foot <laughs> shot. Like, like there's, you know, like, you know, like Finley had time to be like, oh, crap, I'm shooting this with my left. Let's make sure I don't sky this. Because we've, we've, we've seen Finley in the same situation with an open goal. And next thing you know, mm-hmm. he does an Alexi Gomez imp- interpretation, you know, dance about it, right? And it's, and it's some stand. And this time, he can't get the ball back, right? Because there's no one's going to throw it back to him. So, no, it was great, greatly time. And and and, and it again, like the reason that we talked about Lude being effective and the Aspider coming from the right side, when you are coming from the right side and you get a ball and you use your left foot, 
like your body is already in tune to where the goal is. So when you hit that ball, right, you you're you're already square to the goal. And and at that point, the goalie was beat because he had to go left or he had to go towards towards Lude and then quickly had a turner yeah. back. So there's no there's no way to set his body and turn his body and square himself to the ball. So that was that was perfectly placed. And I think that was you know that that was a really good goal, and I think it was a sweet goal, yeah. And I think and and I think that 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 leads to you know the confidence that Lude has built by playing on the right for a while, and um, being able to do that, you know, and um, I think that's that's good for Lude. I like that, um, and and it's good for Finley because he was coming back from he was coming back from second injury, and now he's yeah. you know I I I, I didn't know if he was gonna come back from playing a full ninety right after being injury but it was good to be able to see him play that but the, the thing too that 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 was really interesting is that we had a, a lineup of like St. Clair, Gasper, Debasi, Boxel, Metanier, Hayes, mm-hmm. Dotson, Lude, Molino, Finley, and Kamara right with uh, Emmings, Sendeja, and like of course no no Babelo, no Amarija, uh, no Chacon mm. right um Bebelo and aha mysterious yeah they they, they, <laughs> we'll they, they, they were missing they were not even in the 24 like and they were not even in the stadium right because yeah. 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 <laughs> i saw chacon in the stadium and he was yeah and he was sitting with uh with totin so that was it was it was good to be able to see them at ike too so like it was nice to be able to watch that but like this reminds you a lot of like what the 2017 team kind of signed up we went went to come with some of those things we now we were asking um molino to be the creative force when for the longest time he hasn't been asked to do that uh and um you know and even though we have more weapons it you know ever since reynoso has come it's been obvious to me and people may or may not disagree with me uh but you know we this team is built to make sure your wingers and your midfielder scores your goals and not your forwards I think it's so it's, weird. I mean, it's you and I as South Americans, it's just like it, it just, right. It's like a, a language I don't understand. I, I doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't it doesn't make sense? And it, and it makes me even sad. Like I feel bad for Amarija because like if you go through his like Instagram feed, he keeps on reposting of goals he scored when he used to play for the Catolica. So like, yeah. So I so I'm like I'm like dang. It's like I feel you. I feel you. I was like you did score a goal for yeah. us, but. He can't. He's like, I'm. I'm assuming he's gonna need surgery, or else he would have been someone back yeah. in practice or not. And so, if he's having surgery, he's out for the year. And then, which brings the next question as to, well, do you want to bring him back? And he would. Here's the issue, right? You have Kai Kamara, you have Aaron Schoenfeld, and that's it, right? Yeah. I mean, right now the question isn't even whether he'll have surgery or not. At this point, they're debating whether he has surgery here. And mm-hmm. rehabs here with the possibility of returning to the 18, um, or does he go back home, have surgery there, and not come back? So they're still uh, they're still no. running those numbers, and and they're working with that club. I mean, it's it's a loan deal, so uh, they're negotiating that. But um, I understand the whole idea of of the big guy and the hold up play and going for the headers and things like that. But just this whole concept of we're going to bring it on the wings and the wings are going to be our primary attacking force. Just to me, it's just I really don't understand it and I don't like it because I'm I guess I've been spoiled. You know, I I, I 
South America, Brazil specifically, has been cranking out the best strikers in the world for the past half century. So, I mean, I'm just like, I know what a forward's supposed to do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're, two, you're number nine, number strikers. ten. Between those two strikers mentioned with Kamara and Schoenfeld, was that one goal and that was a penalty out of, out of those yep. two? It's bad. <laughs> right and then and then last year we like a lot of us or like well i wasn't a big fan of trading darwin quintero but like the fandom was like yeah darwin is not doing anything what is darwin doing right now darwin's got like seven goals with houston i don't know how many assists lots of assists, right? a lot and so you're looking as like it was like well then yeah last year darwin quintero had a lot of pks true right but it he is a creative force out, if you put it forward yeah, if you put turns out you if you put a forward in a formation, ta-da, he can do something, right? <laughs> Which we'll talk uh, about and later on. But that, that that's yeah, the thing. that's that's my frustration right now. Is like, I like Kai Kamara. I like Schoenfeld. I think Schoenfeld is a is a decent backup. I, mm-hmm. I don't think he understands a little bit too much of what they're asking him to do or how he functions within the system because when he was in there were times that he was super close to the ball and like it was crowded like on a wing when you want your forward to be in the box right and that's the other thing too about this team is like we tend to want to play on the wings and i get that i like i get the width aspect of it i get it but if all you're doing is going down the wing almost all the way to the end line you are not really creating a scary situation for any defender. That's away from the goal, right? And that's what we've always been asking is like the reason we like Lewis on the right is because he has a tendency to cut inward, like Dotson, cut inward, right? And the other way you can do that is is you play the ball to the middle, play the ball to the middle, make them come the ball, come back outside, right? Mm-hmm. Keep working. And, and we've kind of gone away with that. When Reynoso first started playing for us, we were doing that. Now... Who knows when, when, when we'll see that kind of style game. And I think that's one of the things that, that frustrates me. I think you mentioned Dotson. I was just going to, before that goal happens, Dotson gets taken down hard. I mean, he, his ankle basically rotates in a way it's not supposed to from Lundquist, I believe is, is the defender. Yep. And he gets a yellow, but as, as of today, in fact, this is a brand new update. They reviewed it. And basically everybody agreed that it should have been a red card. So he's going to serve a two game suspension for that. Oh, and then my and mentions, the- my mentions on Twitter and my relationship mm-hmm. with, uh, with, with uh, some of the Houston entities is like, there's a frustration in the aspect of how they understand that the play is a red card play. But the fact that the, the, the referee did not call it that even after VAR. That's right. That was VAR. Yeah. It was it's, it's one of those like why are you calling it two days later? I was like I get it, but right. it's like it's like, and so like the, it, it, we started that conversation as a, like well then you ha- then you have to educate, uh, and run these scenarios for referees and the aspect of it so they understand this is what they're supposed to do is like and I'm not saying that these referees are, are extremely incompetent and because refereeing is, is is subjective right it's about the situation but like one of the cool things that's been happening a lot lately. And we've seen it in some MLS aspects of it, and we've seen it a little bit in EPL, but extremely in these qualifiers for Comebol, like Comebol has a YouTube channel, and they release all the conversations of the contro- controversy VAR moments, 
and you hear everyone speaking and having a conversation and dialogue. And, and I think that's really cool. You can cool. see it live. Sometimes you can do it live. They have, yeah, they and have and it, it up and, in a separate yeah. window. And it gives you a window and it gives you a window into seeing how, how their process goes. Because a lot of yep. us sitting in the, in our in front of our TVs or wherever are like, what's taking them so long? What is what is going through this whole thing? Yep. What are they doing? And so like, I think it's, I like seeing more of that. But but yeah, that yeah. was the red card. I mean, who knows? We can just be happy that PRO like admit, admitted to that right away. Even before yeah. they did this full review, they called Heath and said, hey, like from watching the game, we apologize. That was definitely our official missing a call. Yeah. And then they went back and reviewed it and um, yeah, found it was like their maximum is two, two game suspension. So Well, and the shitty thing for us in the meantime is Dotson may be out for the rest of the season. I mean, that yeah. who, know, who knows? We don't really have an injury update, but I mean, he did not look good coming off. He was barely yeah. putting weight on it. Um, let's see. Let's let's keep going. I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time on this. I wanted to mention be- before we talk about about Molino because we should. Um, this was his 100th MLS appearance, so I'm just going to put that there. Uh, the Christian Ramirez Allianz conspiracy continues. Did not travel <laughs> on this one. Um, <laughs> having said that, let let's let's go to the second goal. Another Ethan Finley, uh, supercharged off his first one. Um, this this came from um, – um, I'm trying to remember this goal now. Maybe one of you guys can take it. Um, it he's was... put like a beautiful pass, split in defenders. That's, that's right. Yep. It came from – um, I'm trying to remember who it came from. The goal was nice, but that pass from Hayes was – Hayes. All, that was everything. It was beautiful. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Jacory hit you know, jump on the Jacory Hens bandwagon, right? A lot of people are beginning to to yeah. to to warm up to my idea, but um uh, and so people don't like me, but that's fine. I don't really care. <laughs> right, right <laughs> rhymes with Mangfire. Yeah. <laughs> Mangfire, right? Like we have a disagreement on certain things, but that's fine to have a disagreement with, but like you can't deny um division and ability of, of Jacory Hayes. And I think over the last four or five games, we've we've been forced to use him, right? Yeah. Um, he's had enough time to be able to understand what his somewhat of a role is. And in that goal sequence, he gets the ball from the wing, feels the pressure from a defender, and does a quick turn inward. <laughs> and as soon as he does that, he's got like feel of dreams, Iowa cornfield exactly. space to do whatever he wants to do. And he just... Twaddingly takes the ball up the field and all of a sudden sees Ethan, you know, waving his hands. Hey, I'm wide open. And what does he do? Ethan makes a run to split, to split the defense, to split the center backs. And Jacory puts on a perfect pace ball. It was gorgeous. It was and it's not bad. the first time he's done that. Last game, he, no. he gave Lou two chances to put that ball away and, and wasn't able to do that. And so, like, so like, yeah, it's great to see that. And it's great to, for, for Finley to be able to put that away. But we just we just traded a forward that loves to try to split the defenders and loves to run into space, and we gave him to his uh, oh. his uh, his hero, uh, yeah. Andre. And so like, I can I, yeah. we've we've all seen uh, Toy make those runs and Toy split those defenders to be able to do that. So like it really, it 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 really begs to ask: What are we? What is our offense going to be looking like going on forward? Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that is interesting and frustrating. And I think Jacory Hayes was also culpable 
in the aspect of creating the first goal for um, for Houston, but and, and people disagree with me on this matter as well too, and and and, and I can see that. But at the same time, like when Dotson went out, Ozzy Alonso came in, and my mind strictly goes: Ozzy Alonso is a defensive player, and Ozzy Alonso in this game started inserting himself into the offense and pushing up more than I've seen him push up in a while. And when uh, in the the goal that uh, Houston scored, Ozzy passed the ball to Hayes in the middle, and then he started pushing up forward enough. And when he got dispossessed, you you have a, a 5v2 or a 4v2 in which, like, Houston was pressing. Darwin Seren was able to take Ja'Cory Hayes the ball out. We, we, we try to like to play this uh, Portland style of using our left and right back and pushing them up as high as we can. And there was a, a, it was a total disadvantage for center backs. Granted, Debasi didn't make a great decision in trying to support, trying to support um, um, Boxy, and in doing so created an avenue for Darwin Quintero to be able to lay that pass up to an open player, right? And then there you go. Yeah. So, I think some of that is just Ozzy and Hayes haven't really played much together. I mean, we've talked about Dotson and Ozzy. We've talked about Dotson and Hayes. Um, and with when it's Dotson and Ozzy, they have a nice kind of back and forth. Ozzy stays back. Hassani tends to go forward, but they'll they'll swap. And it's exactly the same with Dotson and Hayes, um, where they can make up for each other on those like overlapping runs. Uh, but Ozzy and Hayes, I mean, he's Hayes is taking the, the defense when he's next to Dotson primarily. Um, and I think Ozzy was trying to fit in, like trying to fill the exact gap that Dotson had left. Uh, and it, it didn't work. I mean, with Hayes, we've seen his, you know, he's made an impact every single game that he's played. He, there's definitely mistakes, but you can say that of like every single midfielder we have because they haven't figured that part out yet. Also worth mentioning in, in terms of getting comfortable playing with one another, this team has been off for a while with the COVID situation. So yeah. I think they trained once after like 10 days. So exactly. Uh, and it became very apparent in the second half. We didn't see it as much in the first half. Uh, before I get back to the second half, I wanted to put in, uh, you know, more, more cheering and pom-poms for DSC because right after that second goal, I mean, he had some of the most amazing saves we've seen from a keeper on this team. I mean, the fact that he saved that Manotas blast, like with a fingernail, <laughs> that was, that was incredible. Way too close. That was so so he, I'm listening to this on the radio and I'm, I'm, and I'm excited. I'm like, oh, what's happening? Oh, this is. And then I saw the actual thing. And I mean, it was it was something. It was very special. So good on him. And he had a bunch of other big saves, too. But jumping back into the uh, the second half where where, yes, they, they definitely look like a team that's only trained once in 10 days all of a sudden. Um, yeah, the second goal, I, I, I just put in here momentum shifts at about the 60 something minute. But honestly, it happened before that. But 60 something. I mean, it, it was definitely uh, Minnesota was on the back foot and, and Houston oh, yeah. could smell blood. Um, we have a couple substitutions. Uh, Harrison comes in uh, for some reason, and Raheem Edwards is is still locked in in the uh, I don't know the concession stand <laughs> in Allianz. He can't get out. He's trapped. 
He's on the uh, clothing store section. Just yeah, <laughs> pretending to work as a mannequin and uh, on the windows. It looks like yeah, no, it's so no, sad. I, yeah, I don't understand. Like, here's the thing: like, whenever we have a team that gives us space, we are pretty good. And that was, and that was, and that was first half. We had all the space in the world, and nobody was pressuring us. We were able to create plays. But after that first goal, we would get the ball, and nobody would move. There was no movement off ball. There was no movement into space. Kai Kamara was trying, but when I was being affected, nobody else wanted to do anything. It was like, give me the ball and then try to figure out. And when you when you're making Ozzy make the make the passes, it's into <laughs> it just it's, it doesn't really paint a good picture, right? And I think mm-hmm. I think one of the things I did li- like about the pairing of Jacory Hayes and Ozzy is just. Both of them are very accurate on their passing, and um, mm-hmm. they don't lose their ball so much, right? That's uh, the passing percentage with Hayes in the midfield has been average like five to ten percent higher than any other midfielder. And I think that's the, and I love seeing that because they re, they remind me in that aspect to, of each other, right? Mm-hmm. Hayes will will pass a. a Passing to feet specifically is a hard thing people to do, right? You can pass the space of passing to someone's foot and accuracy is 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 is, is extremely appreciated by me as a as a, as a young coach. Okay. Uh, uh, watching players do that, it's just like pass to feet, pass to feet is, is is great. And I think if those two are able to figure it out, right? I think it really opens up the uh, the opportunities for this team, specifically knowing. The uh, uh the the attack mind that Jacory Hayes can do and, and and what he can do with the ball I think that which brings it even into more question as to as to what happens with Gregoosh now right yeah but before we get there I want, just let's, let's finish up this thing here um at the very beginning of this match somebody put out well rather at halftime we, it was two nil at halftime keep in mind and somebody tweeted out the last time Minnesota United had a two nil lead at halftime was against Houston. And it ended two two. This was like the ultimate <laughs> premonition of setting. Right, it and it was up. in Houston because I remember it that was game. In Houston. Yep. Exactly, exactly. So eighty fifth minute, uh, as as destiny was as it was foretold, uh, Hanson gets one in. It comes off of a deflection. Uh, I think St Clair actually gets the stop, but it just lands in the wrong spot. And if I, if I remember, I kind of blocked this one out too. I don't. <laughs> Do you guys remember? Hanson. I think he was he was there, but I think it was a combination of DSC and Chase. And we can talk about Chase. Miscommunication. There yeah, go ahead. It went off Chase and then like Hansen had come in as one of the first substitutes that Houston did. And from the get-go, he changed the 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 attitude and the energy of this team. And like I like Chase, you know, as as a he seems like a young, good young man, and he does that. But everyone now knows what is the best way to attack us is to throw some speed at at that left side mm-hmm. and throw a long ball out, and let's see if Chase knocks somebody down in the box or in the <laughs> area or or neck or just get beat, right? And we've seen it many of times. Yep. And I think. Um, and I and I and I and this is where like my Portland reference goes. So, like if if we if we are going to be somewhat of what Portland used to be, was like pushing those wings up, then we really need to make sure that our defensive mid actually stays. And in this game, that wasn't happening. In a lot of our games, this isn't happening. Right. 
So like it, yeah. it, it used to be that they would, and I and I get that both of them want to be part of the offense. I get I totally get that and I respect that in a sense, but but there needs to be a level of um what's the word? Discipline. Accountability. Discipline. Thank you. Thank you. There's at least to be a level of discipline where like people understand what there's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And specifically if Chase Chase is going to get kept on getting beat. Like every time we play Dallas, that's what's going to happen. They're going to throw speed at that side. And, and it's telegraphed to the rest of the MLS. It's like Minnesota is a good yeah. defensive team right now, decent. But they have the weakness of, of going against Chase. If you can beat Chase, you, you, you have a good chance of scoring. So Chase, yeah, did not have a great one. Uh, Molino. Molino. I mean, just – Dot dot dot. What do what do you say? <laughs> there, there was nothing happening there That's for ninety it. minutes. <laughs> that was the hard thing. It, it, you you lose Bebelo. We we we'll talk about that in a second. But you know it's it's his responsibility. Talking about discipline and I would add accountability. It's like you're the playmaker. This is this is your job. And man, he just from what I understand. Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys got to watch it. But there was a lot of walking going on. There was a lot of you know, hands in the air and yeah, that's, yep. that sucks. So anyway, there it is. Two, two, another tie. We desperately needed three points and didn't get them in, in a conference that is so tight. Um, we'll talk about this in a second, but the Eastern it's funny, like last year, the Western conference was clearly the better conference. And I mean, this is when LAFC were like the juggernauts and just running away with everything. And it's completely flipped. It's like 180, like, Eastern Conference right now, lots of goals. Four teams have now qualified already for postseason, and and the West is just kind of a trash hole. <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? <sighs> On that note, speaking of trash holes, <laughs> post game, Adrian Heath. <laughs> you know I don't make excuses. I never do. But we looked like a side that hadn't trained. I'll put that out there for whoever wants it. Or we'll just let it fade. Fade, fade, fade. Crossfade, Rodrigo. <laughs> yeah, I'll put that in too. The thing too about this game too, and the reason like when the uh, poll went out to see who was the player of the game, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Ethan Finley because he earned the fact to score those two goals and he earned the fact to be man of the match. But I thought Ja'Cory Hayes had, besides that mistake, had a really good game. And the reason I want to put into it is like right like towards the end of the game, Houston had a breakaway and Ja'Cory Hayes did the most professional foul I've ever seen someone do and totally dragged someone down and got a yellow for it, but totally stopped transition in what could have been a 3-2 win for, for Yeah, him. save the goal. Yeah. Save the goal. And so like so like that's 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 what I but look for I, in a player, right? Like I voted for him of... in that poll because yeah, Finley scored the two goals, but neither of them wouldn't have happened without what Hayes was bringing to that midfield. Yeah, and I think that's that that gets me excited to have Jacory Hayes in there, and I'm hoping that that's what happens, right? But I also like to to talk to bring up Heath is that if you understood that Ethan Finley is the one that was making those runs. And, and trying to stretch that field, why not bring another player that can somewhat do the same thing? So that way you don't slow down your tempo or you don't have people making runs into space, which you weren't doing. Cancer Poets brings us to the Raheem Edwards tweet. Shake my head. <laughs> so good. 
So I don't know if it's so a good. shake my head because he could have stepped in or I shake my head because it's a two-two tie. That is up to interpretation by anybody. But just, I just the fact that he reacted on Twitter was awesome. <laughs> the, the, the fact that I can see him doing that because we've seen him do that, provide the energy specifically uh-huh. running through places. Like, I don't have anything against Hairston, but like every time I see him play, it just feels like it's erratic. Yeah. And, and not disciplined enough. Yeah. And I get that, that, that that's playing time. That's I get all that. But if you have someone on your bench that can give you energy and make you runs and, and give you all you want, which is the, the which is the Finley motto, right? Is why not why not try that, right? Yeah. Because when you're at home, you you your object is to win the game. I mean, you're trying to win every game, but when you're at home specifically, you you want to win those games. And we desperately need the points. I mean, that's the other thing. Um, let's let's do fixtures really quick, and we'll and we'll take a little break here, and we'll give Rob the the microphone, the spotlight. Um, is, are, are there any big matches w- from that from this fixture that I've got up here? I mean, I I, I marked a couple. We, I already mentioned Toronto qualified for postseason last week. This week we had uh, Columbus, Philly, and Orlando. Orlando clinched the playoffs. This is the first time in Orlando history, I believe, that they've got the postseason. And they did it before Minnesota United and before anybody in the West. Before anybody, yeah. And the funny thing in our household, like my wife, Nubia, uh, she turned to me and she goes, you know, Orlando pulled off a tie, but it, they look so much different without uh, Pedro Gallese in the goal. And I'm like, yeah, that's so true. <laughs> and um, they, you know, but props to Orlando. I mean, they they were able to do something that they haven't been able to do. And um, it's almost like new coaches kind of make a difference. How about right, that? right, right? <laughs> new coaches and good coaches, right? And 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 the uh, South and, American coaches, yeah. And the Dom Dwyer rumors coming to Minnesota start riling up ever since. You know. Oh, don't let's not do that. <laughs> let's not well, do that. Yeah. Um, one more uh, thing. Go ahead. Baby. DC United gets uh, the two-one win over Cincy. Still yeah. playing without a coach. <laughs> um, so. water boys making it happen <laughs> uh, I wanted to combine these two really quick and then and then we'll take a little break here but so just MLS puts this thing out and, and it came through the black players coalition where they're talking about okay we're going to do these new things right we have MLS diversity committee the creation of a group uh, blah 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 uh, among the committee's goals will be to work with the league to develop a strategy toward diversity, inclusion, opportunity, social justice. Great. Civic engagement initiative. MLS will use league resources to address uh, public concern in marginalized communities. Also awesome. Upward mobility initiative, access and exposure to define career paths for talent of underrepresented groups. Excellent. Youth and grassroots community initiative resources for the broad spectrum of sport in North America, increasing participation for members and underserved communities. Also great. Supplier diversity program, partnerships with local national coalition of uh, black women and black men. All this stuff is awesome. But why the fuck is it happening now? This should have been happening from the get go. You know what I'm saying? And it also just shows the importance. And in my opinion, I guess the power of the Black Players Coalition that it took this organization to be like, um, we have a lot of stuff that we had to do. And why haven't you been doing this for the past 25 years? That's just my two cents. All, all of this stuff should have been happening for the past 25 years. Yep. And, and to that point, then, we also get our MLS Republican donations that came out in The Athletic. And 
we've talked about this on the program before. There's not a lot of surprises here, but there are some interesting numbers to kind of look at. I, I okay, LA Galaxy surprised me. $494,000 in, in PAC donations. Every single cent of that went to the Republicans. LA Galaxy. Did not see that one coming. Um, there was another one, too, that kind of caught my eye. LA, LAFC actually kind of surprised me that it was, you know, I mean, 814000 with the with the broad ownership that they have, the fact that only 5,600, uh, like mm -hmm. that kind of, that surprised me a lot, too. Uh, yeah. So you're thinking more like in a positive way that it wasn't as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on. I'm so focused on the negative. I didn't even think about positive. Come back from the forest and you search for anti-maskers and, and, and enjoy some of the positive things. Like you look well, at Seattle, right? Look at Seattle, right? Yeah, they, they donated $2,800, right? But $187,000 for, for one of the probably few progressive uh, teams out there in a sense with Portland, but you look at Portland, right? Portland's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what happened to Portland? <laughs> terrible. Damn it, Portland. 800, all of it. All of like, it. Like, like Minnesota Miss United donated less than Portland. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. But I mean, it's still a good chunk out of 79 grand, 50. So, I mean, it's, it's the same shit we always talk about that, that there's this disconnect between the ownership and the supporters and it's becoming more and more clear um, again, it, we can tie this into the, the media deals and things as well. But yeah. this quote, these quotes here just kind of sell it all. They say it says it all. Quote, the challenge is when you wrap a team in a rainbow flag. But if then the owner of that team is donating hundreds of thousands of dollars to individuals or institutions that are trying to undermine the rights of the LGBTQ community, it really kind of diminishes or undermines the sincerity of those efforts. Unquote. Yeah. You think? Just a little. <laughs> just, you know, uh, I, mean, I mean, I mean, like. Like we're not surprised at all, right? No, I mean, like, it's just well, frustrating. Usually, usually people that High capitalism make guy. money, yeah, you know, make money and want to make money, they usually will, you know, will, will give to the people that will give them those tax benefits or whatever, right? And 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 that's part of the the deal. But like, there's there's things in here like I was like, like really like like I didn't know like FC Cincinnati eight hundred nineteen thousand dollars. I was like, wait, FC Cincinnati is one of the worst teams in the league. And yet they seem to be one of the most progressive in their donations aspect yep, of it. That's right? true. That's true. They have a and small like, percentage. Wow. And I was like, that's a lot. I was like, you know, you, you even look at Nashville, brand new group, right? And they're trying to play the 50-50 line. I think that's interesting. I think mm -hmm. um I think you look at you look at our, our our rival, Atlanta United, right? Compared to where we're at, right? I mean, they Yeah. They, they're able to do some of that too. And I think um, it really is not surprising, but it's also at the same time interesting to see wh where where the fan base is at and to compare it to where the, the ownership is, is at in that and aspect I'm, of it. I mean, I would like to see a breakdown of ownership and who gave those amounts. Um, because if, say, it's Glenn Taylor who donated the majority of this $50,000, it doesn't really say a whole lot about the club. I mean, he's a man True. with a wallet who invests in sports in Minnesota. It's not necessarily going to be, you know, the guy who's most in touch with the Minnesota United supporters, obviously. And has um, kind of a notorious record. I mean, we, we exactly. know who he's given yeah. money to. Yeah. yeah. So if you, I think if you look at like who's actually involved with the team and who's actually like um, taking a stance with the team itself, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit different with Atlanta. I think, I mean, you've got Arthur Blank and a few other people. Everyone knows where Arthur Blank stands. And um, so that number, 
from Atlanta doesn't really surprise me at all. It does surprise me to put it side by side with Minnesota United, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's true. It's it is what it's it's just frustrating. It's just yep. Uh, normalized supporter own. All right, so like instead of ad nauseum about you know oh like keep politics out of sports as well. Get your money out of the politics and maybe we'll shut up. That's exactly. <laughs> That's a good place to For take sure. a break. <laughs> we'll come back. <laughs> Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. And welcome to the Minnesota football show. Welcome back. Uh, you have heard some of our new transitions that we've been working on. That's what happens when your computer breaks down and you're during a pandemic. You <laughs> try to create content, content, right? And we are all about creating new content specifically for uh, our our subscribers, our Patreon subscribers, and also our community's aspects of it. So I hope you're enjoying some of those things. I'm not sure if it was Santi, my son, and he tells me a joke, or maybe it was Nubia. Um, nagging me for do certain things that are, they're not soccer related because soccer related runs this household. Uh, but welcome everyone back, and I'll let Eric um, take over for a bit. Well, I was just going to introduce, uh, bring Rob into this thing because there was a there was a whole uproar, as it were. Well, we should start with identifying uh, some some acronyms here for listeners that may not be aware. <laughs> so we have first of all we have the ISC, that's the International Supporters Coalition. I, I blew it already. Independent Independent Supporter Council. Oh man, I, that was really bad. You gotta edit this out, Rodrigo. <laughs> I didn't get close. I I, I, I knew that too. I just wrote it and then like blew it. <laughs> wow. Independent Supporters Council. We're off to a great start. Um, and then we have the uh, what's the other one? Supporters Shield. SSF is the Supporters Shield Foundation. <laughs> you know what? I know. Rob, there's Rob Pedersen, everybody. Take it away. <laughs> I'm going to step away. All right. So, well, so, I mean, so yeah, they, they had uh, the, the Supporter Shield Foundation, which is not the ISC. The ISC is a separate entity. They, they work alongside each other. Uh, but the Supporter Shield Foundation is its own thing. I've been seeing a lot of places. Everything is, oh, the ISC made this decision. They didn't. Supporter Shield Foundation decided as a their governing body decided not to award um, the uh, supporter shield this season due to the unbalanced, they listed a couple different items. Um, the reasoning behind it being the fact that the supporters aren't in stands. Um, to me, the biggest thing was the fact that there's a, it's just a completely unbalanced schedule. There's no, um, yeah, there's no like e- evenness to it. And, uh, so they had decided not to award it. Uh, unfortunately, they just decided that without talking to any. So I'm an ISC rep um, for the Red Loons, and they had not asked. They didn't bring it up to us really in any um, in any way where they were asking for feedback on. Oh, we're thinking about not not issuing or you know not not. Um, 
Uh, my brain just locked up. Um, to not uh, awarding it. Award, yeah, to not award it. And they just kind of showed us a statement and said, okay, well, this is, this is what we're doing. We're not going to award it this year. And th these, this is the, the reason why nobody really like that. They, they shared their statement with us about a week before they released it. Nobody really like argued too much about it until they actually finally released it. Um, and everybody, and then everybody specifically Toronto supporters were very upset about it. Um, I think a lot of supporter groups were upset that they weren't part of that decision-making process. Um, I, I think that the way that it seemed to me just on its face at that time was that everybody seemed that people agreed generally, but that they, um, you know, weren't involved in the decision-making. And that was kind of like, well, what's up with that? And it, it seemed that, at least Toronto was really the only one that was like vocally mad that, that it wasn't going to be awarded. Um, Cause they're the clear front runners. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Wait, wait, Canadians, Canadians get mad. What? <laughs> well, you know, they get perturbed. Only when they're about to win something. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so after, after they um, had gotten a lot of, very angry feedback. Um, they didn't walk it back immediately, but they then started like actually um, engaging with the supporter groups about what we wanted to have happen. They put out a survey. Um, I'm not the voting member for it. So every team, uh, however, you know, we have, there's four, three different supporter groups in Minnesota that are part of ISC. Um, we only get one vote, you know, cause you know, that way, otherwise, like in LAFC, they part of 3252, there's like seven groups, you know, that to weight it evenly. And um, so the vote came back, they did the survey and um, it came back and they decided to reverse their previous decision. Um, and so they will be awarding it now on, I don't know if this is, I'm looking at the statement that they just released. Um, so I don't know if I'm breaking news or not, but they have, they, so it's not MLS's decision. MLS is, this is not MLS's trophy. Uh, they've done their best to co-opt it in a lot of different ways over the years, but this is a supporter's shield. This is a supporter's decided award. Um, and so they're, they've decided that they're going to award it on a um, points per game basis, um, which in the call the other day, the, I mean, even that, like Toronto fans weren't happy about like <laughs> any anything that maybe they're not going to, you know. I mean, they're still whatever. Um, but so essentially, what, what has mostly come out of this is the fact that um, the Supporter Shield Foundation is not hasn't been managed really well uh, <laughs> recently. Um, the board that's in place now only recently really have started actually getting a hold of like having access to the website and a lot of this other stuff that, um, you know, not to get too in the weeds about it, it, you know, was a mess before. And so they're now trying to like get things going in a more uh, transparent and, and open way. Um, you know, there's a, another election. So the, so it's, it's weird because it's not part of the ISC. It's, it's, it's only 
tacitly related to the ISC, but the ISC members are who votes on who's on the board. Um, and there is, there's an election coming up this year during the ISC convention, which will be all, all virtual this year. And then they're going to, their goal is to completely rewrite the bylaws and actually have like a spelled out um, decision for if this kind of shit happens again, but season doesn't follow the normal path, like, okay, how will it be awarded? And so that's, that's kind of what they're working on now. That's good. So, I mean, a positive take would be through the chaos, this was all exposed and now there's actually work being done to ameliorate it. Right. I, yeah. I want to be part of that meeting. So that way I can convince people that one of the like crazy bylaws with the asterisk or like, or like written into the, the, the upside down or in backwards be like, if we have <laughs> another pandemic, we just award Minnesota United the title and that's it. Right. <laughs> Sounds it. like somebody needs to run for the board, Rodrigo. <laughs> I, I can't run anymore, so I, I that, that someone's gonna have to push me down a hill to be able to do that. Well, I think a big, I think a big positive that's really come out of this is the fact that, like, oh, I mean, I I know what the supporter shield is, but I couldn't have told you like much of its history before this. Like, mm-hmm. this is now proving to every oh, like this shit matters. Like this, right. this award matters. Um, yeah. And that Toronto will uh, will, will will take your family hostage if you don't give them what they want. That's right. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they, they they yeah. I mean, I, and honestly, like I had a uh, before we started recording, like I was having a conversation with Rob, and I was like, "Wait, there's actually a way that this actually works." I always thought it was like you know, it's like uh, MLS driven, but it's not, right? And I think that's one of the, the, the right. really interesting things about this whole thing is like there's a process. And because we are in a pandemic, that process got exposed for all the other uh, gaps that are in there that is not, you know, that are not on there. So yeah. that's that's good. I mean, like, and thank you for coming on and let us know how that somewhat worked with that drama. It feels yeah, like, you know, sure. as the, as 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 the uh, ISC or whatever or as the supporters shield door turns, right? Because it feels like a like a like a like a soap opera, so yeah, like a telenovela, so like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. waiting for the climax aspect of it. So, like, no, that's really interesting, and I'm glad that they were able to um, to kind of walk back their original uh, comments. Yeah. But because even though we're in a pandemic, people still want to win. <laughs> it's like people, people in like watching sports. Like that's one of the things you want to be able to crown a champion, right? Right. Well, you- well, I think I think a big part of it too is that the you know, like we've always th- thought about supporter culture and like being a supporter is, is in the stands and, and singing the songs and doing that stuff. But like, well, we can't do that now. And I mean, it, it shows there's a lot more to supporter culture than just being in the stands and just, you know, screaming at the top of our lungs for 90 minutes, you know, like there's, there's a lot of other ways to support your team. And there's a lot of other yeah. ways. Right. Um, right. And I, and like, hopefully in some of those and more clubs and that are embracing the, the community involvement aspect of it. And I think some, you know, some clubs are, are very good at, and some clubs are not right. I think that's one of the things that needs to develop more and, and, and be more inclusive in that matter. So like, that's, that's all really good to be able to, to have conversations about this. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's like, also I... been good. It's been good to see like how people are acknowledging that. I mean, this this has been really weird for the players as well. Like we're we might be frustrated that we're not in the stadium, 
Um, but so much of this is, you know, the teams are still going out there and playing these games and, you know, they gave up months with their family to go hang out in Orlando and play some games. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot more important than just like they were not yelling every single match, um, but they are still, you know, out there doing their jobs as people have, have said when they complained. Um, yeah. So doing their jobs, putting themselves at risk too. That's exactly. the pandemic. Yeah. The goal. So like with that initial uh, announcement and their decision not to, not to award it, they were going to do like a tour, you know, and, and have it go to every team. And there's, they're still kind of trying to, I mean, it all depends on who wins it and how, you know, their, their decision is going to be final. Um, but they are still trying to at least have some sort of partial tour um, to go through. Cause I mean, it has like raised a lot of people's interest in the shield and they want to, you know, use it as like a teaching moment. So like what, what this, where it came from, why it exists, mm-hmm. who, you know, has created it, who, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's, you know, there's still that so, possible. We might, we might still get the supporter shield for a week. <laughs> All right. Here's my question, right? Like, cause and, and part of me for my ignorance, but is, is it actually a shield or is it like a trophy? It's like a big donut. um no it's yeah it's like it's a it's a shield you know i mean i don't know if you could put your arm through the back of it but (laughs) imagine imagine the photo opportunities if it was actually like someone put some straps on that thing and be like i think i've seen it it's like uh the bundesliga trophy is the closest thing i think about like i mean like that thing's like a big oh it's like a plate yeah yes a big serving plate like the like the charity shield too yep oh sure Right on. Well, thank you, sir. Appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> Considering I can't even get the damn acronym right, I'm so glad I had you. This would have been a d- disaster. Hey, I mean, there's a lot of acronyms. And, I mean, you know, I hope that I, like, made some sense. Uh, there, it, It's a lot of stuff that, I, you know, I'm still not even 100% clear on. And, you know, there's still a lot of moving pieces and parts. And, um, thankfully, like, since all of this has happened, the the – the foundation, the board members have been like super open and like I've had, you know, multiple video calls and phone calls and like lots of information has been shared uh, from them. Um, but, you know, it's all, it's always still like, a, it's a moving target uh, still. Right on. Well, we can move through some other stuff here. Um, USL related. I mean, this goes to kind of what we were, we were uh, alluded to with uh, Colin being on BSI podcast, we we heard, well, we learned first of all that Phoenix would p- potentially host a playoff, uh, a, a playoff match, and so they were essentially. This comes from our friend Jeff Reuter. They were essentially being rewarded for the terrible behavior that we've discussed at length on on this program, and just kind of a, a slap in the face that all of us that stand for equality. And shortly after that, on the 21st, they at least had the wherewithal to realize this looked really, really bad. <laughs> and so they basically said that they're going to push that away, that they formally request to relinquish the hosting rights of the championship final. So maybe that still means they would host the playoff match. Bridget, is that, am I reading that right? I'm not no, sure. They, so if they had won um, the semifinal, or no, it would have been the quarterfinal, and they would host the uh, 
that match. So there isn't there isn't like another match to play. It was okay. going to be the last the last one that they would have hosted. So I, I don't know. I, I I think it's good that they re- they at least recognized it and they and they said that. Um, I think I think that the the braver, bigger stance would have just been to be like, we're just going to take ourselves out of this because we do not deserve this, <laughs> knowing that they were like getting their asses handed to him by by San Jose in that match. Um, and then also, I, I just question why this is coming from the team and not the league. I mean, you, can can USL, you know, not make well, the kind the, of move so to your go the, ahead. So the the problem that they kept citing was that there's some FIFA rule um, that requires that team to host the match. Hmm. And they had actually, USL had said something like, hey, can we like change this up a little bit? But just the way that FIFA rules are written, like any final would have been like defunct if they had changed any of that. Um, so there's some some odd standard set by FIFA that makes it impossible for the league to say, well, uh, no, we can't just take a moral stand on this and you know say no. Um, that's how that's that's how Phoenix ended up with the three points. That's it always FIFA goes back rules. To it's not necessarily yeah. It's not necessarily the league doing the right or wrong thing. It's okay. there's a rule book that doesn't make sense in certain situations. And uh, we probably didn't foresee this one coming when writing those bylaws. So. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just go out and scream at the sky. No, I mean, what we need to do is just drop a $20,000 unmarked bills in the back <laughs> of our headquarters with a note attached. We want this to go away. Because the FIFA way, right? I mean, we gotta embrace the FIFA way. Twenty seems low, though, in that sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it's. it's, it's, it's I mean, it's not, it's not. Right. Right. It's not, it's not Liga, right? It's not La Liga or EPL, like making those changes. It's like, See, you have to hire the uh, Las Vegas team that flies the helicopter over center pitch at halftime and drops hundred dollar bills. Man. Woo. Um. Yeah, so we'll 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 see what happens with that whole mess, but it's maybe uh, they'll lose and it won't be a question anyway. Yeah, that's true. It could happen. Um, speaking of not losing, so Nashville SC kind of starting to uh, to peak at the right time. I mean, this this is still this is an expansion team that kind of mopped the floor with FC Dallas, a big three 0 win. That uh, that Rios goal at the very end, where or the Rios cut at least that he makes, and he scored the goal too. Or he, the def- he leaves the defender on his face, he just like falls flat on his face. I mean, this this team, this I, I think about I think about Minnesota United and not just 2017 but 2018, where we 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 the the idea of playoffs was like in an, 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 another hemisphere. <laughs> it was so far away, and and this team is is doing it. I mean, they're. They're peaking at the right time. From, I don't want to jinx them, but it certainly looks like they're going to be in the playoffs. They're, you know, they they built the team off a of solid defense, and now all of a sudden the offense is clicking. Good on them. Yeah, we refer yeah. that to the Eric Miller factor. Did he play in this match? No, he doesn't play often, but we'll just refer to it as the Eric he, Miller factor. Oh, okay, you're giving Demati it to both. <laughs> He and Dunlady both started this one, and they were subbed off at the same time. Okay. Um, another little interesting thing I, I, I got into a discussion on Twitter. Apparently, there is a rumor. This is definitely not confirmed, but because of the weirdness of this schedule and then and MLS wanting to kick things into gear a little bit sooner, that they're looking at the uh, Brasileiro and the Brazilian League calendar as a potential option, which would mean 
MLS starting play in February, <laughs> which would be awesome for Minnesota. <laughs> you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Now, 20, imagine if they're playing today's game at home, 25 degrees, yeah. and we'd have a nice little little taste of that. Totally. It might be neg- negative 25 at that point. Uh, yeah. Um, but there's the idea, too, that maybe – because, like, what happens there is you, you start um, – how does it work? You start after the holidays, but then up until April – it's all state tournaments before the actual season starts, like in April or May. So maybe they start it, but they do like another MLS back type tournament for a month or two. And then the season kicks in officially like in April or I mean, I don't know. Just the fact that they were so like contemplating they, it. Go ahead. So not knowing all that much about that league, do they yeah. really do like a preseason like we do? Or is that it's like the state, state tournament. tournament deal that it's is the, state the preseason? Tournament. Yeah, okay. essentially. I mean, there's like the bigger clubs, like your Flamengo, your your Corinthians and Sao Paulo. I mean, they might, you know, they'll play like a European team or, yeah. you know, some kind of exhibition or whatever. Right. But that's that's few and far between. Like you can probably count on one hand who's doing that. Everybody right. else is focused on their on their state tournaments. OK. Yeah. So who knows? Um, we, we alluded to this already. So there there's a match this evening. There was a another TV internet deal that kind of exploded in everyone's face. Uh, YouTube had already, YouTube TV had already dropped Fox Sports North. Everybody was looking at Hulu and Hulu Live. Well, that ended yesterday. And so, you know, I, this has been my soapbox for a long time, for four years. <laughs> I, I, don't, I really don't have anything left to say. I, I'm fine listening to the radio. I have nostalgia from doing that in Brazil back in the day. It's, it's fine. But now all of a sudden, I look at all these people that are just yelling and, you know, mad rage tweeting minnesota united and i'm like welcome my flock (laughs) everybody's mad it it sucks i mean it shouldn't i guess my thing is it just should not be this hard in 2020 to watch your local team I, i have no interest in the minnesota vikings or the minnesota twins and those teams are on the tv whether i want them or not why can we not have this with minnesota united and i know there's all the deals and uh let's just come out and say Fox Sinclair media company. Cause they, they're very much behind this, but also Fox sports. Why are, why are we dealing with Fox sports? Find it, find a better Avenue. I mean, we've said it before NASL days. I, I could turn on CBS three or NBC five or whatever it was. And I could watch the loons from Blaine. No problem. <laughs> Bridget, we talked about, it was terrible. I mean, like the, the video was atrocious. Yep. <laughs> the commercials were a joke. <laughs> But it was there. I miss those. I miss those commercials. Which 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 and uh, was it Justin Davis and the massage envy commercials? Oh, and then right. they do the, yes, yes, they yes, do yes, those like horrible it. Toro commercials <laughs> where the Commons yep. are driving the Toro around. <laughs> the atomic data that was like filmed by somebody's yes. cell phone. Uh, yep. That's <laughs> good old days. It was easy and it was free and it was yep. accessible. I mean, that, that right. those are the things that we just you need could, to get back to. I used to watch Thunder games that way. They showed right. Thunder like in the Metrodome and the Stars and all of those games. Like, I think I had seen more of those games on TV than than uh, any other sport. So, and, yeah. and the thing too is that the Fox Sports apps are horrible. Yep. Like, Fox Sports has not invested any money into fixing any other apps. And it's like, and I've had to have even if you have a subscription, you can't always get in to watch them. It's it, it's horrible. Like it's like, 
and like and and like a lot of people I've known were like, well, I guess I'm gonna have to ask my parents or the grandparents for the Xfinity password to be able to log in and watch Fox Sports. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, that's that's a way of going around it. But like, you could just band together and be like, you know what, we want better. Because I've had to deal with Fox Sports and like apps asked to watch, and like I don't know how it, it drives me insane trying to figure it out or trying to load it right. And like there's times where I just want to go ahead and just be like, you know what, this is it, this is it. I'm not doing it. But what other options are there out there? And no one's willing to step up. Like, why can't we do a CBS All Access deal, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not thrilled about that either, but at least it would be it'd be something. Right, but at least I mean, if yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled about it either. But like, if you think about all the streaming services, like, I think CBS All Access is probably one of the cheapest things that you can Uh, get into. I don't love I don't love ESPN Plus like owning pretty much all the soccer I watch, other than the Premier League. But I mean, they have done a really ESPN has done like a really good job of uh, making that shit accessible. There's got to be a better way. And and on, it just goes back to – we had – go ahead, Bridget. I was going to say, if it helps at all, we're about a year behind the West Coast on this issue. Um, Colorado and, and Washington, and they were all dealing with this last year, um, where they were – every home game was blacked out. Um, so I, they could only watch if they went to, to a bar that had some bizarre cable subscription with – you know the certain sports package and and all of that bs um they've made it easier there but it's still not a like they haven't found a decent solution and i think they're using the pandemic as a excuse not to try to I, I will say this once again the local we discussed this on this program the local my tv affiliate in cincinnati carrying the match so really, what we need to do is, I, I, I was tweeting, I used the hashtag and even went at FFC Cincy on Twitter. And I was like, yo, get your Facebook live up on your TV for the entire state of Minnesota. And we'll be good. Take one for the team. We, if anybody from FC Cincinnati is listening to this show, we will send you Minnesota football show beer if you do this for us. How about we that? just we just gotta hit up a uh, super rookie Tim and, have, and and pay for his gas money to drive all the That's way. Right. Up. I remember when you did that. I remember when you did that. His rebel, rebel yeah. broadcast. Um, you know it. It's funny because CW has a broadcast station like two miles from Allianz now. Hmm. I mean, they they could easily easily use this to their advantage um, and work with the club on this and not have to go through fox yeah but, i like it i, I mean, like it cw is kind of at the bottom of the totem pole compared I'll to take fox, what, I'll, so. that will take whatever <laughs> it would be better <laughs> we'd be better something give me something give me something uh skc had a they're in the same situation right like you said it's a yep. regional thing and, yeah. and they it was nice to see them like actually be accountable and respond to their fans respond and, to their customers yes yeah. yes they could they could see that it was pissing everybody off like it is for us as well and they were responding to like every single tweet i was like oh so you can do that imagine that (laughs) yeah um about that about that uh so as alluded to we we said that it was obviously apparent that uh but also was missing it didn't didn't take rocket scientists 
to figure out that he was probably with the COVID and it's true. And it turns out he and, uh, and Jose Aja were also there, which goes to the bombilla maldita and the mate. Do not drink from the infected bombilla. Be very careful with your mate, people. Yeah. Tomas Chacon must have been smart enough. Like when that thing was being passed and, and those two drank, I don't know. He must have just he sent something. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He, he, no, he got mind. his own mate. Like he's so responsible in that sense. Like I think I found a picture of him being tweeted out where like he's practicing with a mask on. And I was like, well, everybody yeah. else is not. And I was like, you know what? That kid's got his head on somewhere. But not always yeah. right away. But you know, I also think you know, M- M- Mate Gate would be a really good hashtag for this. <laughs> Start it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, get it going. So we we do wish them obviously. Uh, jokes aside, a, a speedy recovery. And it, and it sounds like, if correct me if I'm wrong, I think they're available for tonight, which sounds kind of amazing. Yeah, they're. Yeah. I think they were uh, either asymptomatic or you know nothing nothing severe so their quarantine is over they're available in terms of uh pandemic standards and they are also feeling healthy so all right just like rui diaz right rui diaz Diaz, who tested positive while going to play one game at least for for peru tested positive and if anyone follows his like instagram like all he did was post you, you buddy you're the one hey hey hey, hey. (laughs) don't shame me don't shame me for my passion we don't follow because we all will hear it from you. So <laughs> he was like, he was Secondhand. videos of like him working out in the hotel room and then running his hot bath with bubbles. And I was like, I was like, well, yeah, apparently he's not dying. So he must be. <laughs> so he feels okay. He feels okay. <laughs> Low bar. Still alive. Um, Let's really quickly, since uh, Cincinnati, Minnesota preview for tonight, what, what do you guys have to say? We've, we've seen this team before. I mean, in theory, we should get some points. We re- Minnesota cannot afford to get another draw. Um, but what do you guys say? Do we, do, do we get the win? Look, if we don't beat Cincinnati, like I said last time, like I, I will start a bonfire at my house. The house, <laughs> yes. Like, I remember the house. Like, the, here's the thing, like, like I, I think Cincy is, is doing things, but the two things that scare me the most about Cincy is uh, Kubo and Frankie Amaya, who's one of the top young 24 players in this, in, in this league. And Frankie Amaya's use of space to be able to release the ball and the, and the power that he has in that ball, it's, it's incredible, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And like he was we, the issue last time we faced him. Hmm. Yeah, he wasn't as accurate. No, the other guy wasn't accurate. Who was the guy that kept up hitting all the balls, like doing the Alexi Gomez impressions, like yeah. point blank? I, I love that Alexi Gomez haunts this this podcast every That's, week. It haunts my soul <laughs> every week. It haunts my soul because everyone asked me if we should sign him, it's, and I was like, no. You know what? And it, it's not just us either. Like something about this season, like it's been happening a lot, and so almost. <laughs> Like almost every outlet doing live tweets of a match is like, who's ever watched Minnesota is like, oh yeah, there's a Gomez. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Let's I'll just mention that it was dropped that uh, U S men's and national team is going to play against Wales, November 12th. Uh, A lot of excitement in this considering all the, uh, the the talent in Europe. Now Uh, we'll talk about Des looking pretty freaking good today, even though they got beat. Um, it, it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm, 
this this talent pool is something I've been waiting for for probably two decades, maybe more. So I mean, I'm excited. Yeah. And and Wales not and definitely not a pushover team. That'll be a good good challenge for them. With uh, we'll see who they actually call up, but uh, you know if they get Bale and uh, uh, who's the other cat, the big defender. Um, I can't think of his name. We also got Aaron Ramsey's. Uh, that's that's what the name Ramsey. That's, yep. Yeah. Not a defender though. No, no, no. There's another. Um, anyway, I'm drawing a blank, but uh, it should be a good match. I'm looking forward to that. So let's take a break. We'll do some internationals and we'll wrap this thing up. No, this is not Issa Watch or G. This is, as they call, their spawn point. <sighs> We'd really like the Minnesota football show to be done. So now back to the show. And welcome to the Minnesota football show. International time. We're going to go what through up? the speed round of things going around soccer related in the world. So back to the EPL, uh, Sheffield United tied 1-1 with Fulham. Crystal Palace tied 1-1 with Brighton. Tottenham, okay, this is like the game that people kept telling me about, right? Like 3-3 against West Ham. And I'm like, I'm not a Peacock person, right? For description. I don't think any of us are. (laughs) Can anyone tell us about this game? Because I was totally like, what, what, what happened here? Like, I just Nobody saw that it was, it was just, nuts from it was his story. Like, yeah. Yeah. Was it, ahead, was it like uh, MLS, MLS is, is drunk kind of moments? Uh, I kind of seemed like it. Based on my, based on my Twitter feed, it was pretty similar to that. Yeah. Mm. But there was no, I, go, there was no late. San Jose, there was no San Jose spray celebration at the, <laughs> at the end. Right. Rob, you were going to say something. I was just this is the one that was a uh, late, like ninety third minute uh, West Ham goal to get the draw, get the point, right? Yes. Well, and just the fact too that it, it was the first time in English Premier League history where the a team blew a three 0 lead <laughs> during COVID time. It's not never it's not surprising never at happened. All. <laughs> but that that exclamation point that you're referring to, I mean, that last goal that was a laser cannon. It was wow, yeah. like exclamation point we want our draw <laughs> and then I, I i was able to watch this uh uh aston villa game it was zero zero at half and then all of a sudden uh no wait i'm sorry no 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 i'm ta- I'm, I'm i'm talking about uh, the, the the recent game no that was the leeds 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 game so Leicester City and Aston Villa. Well, hold on. Let, let, let's go back really quick because I do want to mention this happened like I think while we were recording or while you guys were recording rather last time the whole Aguero situation. And, and did you oh, guys yes. cover it? In, no, I don't think it. I don't think we talked. No, it, it happened like right after I think. Okay, who wants to take it? If either one of you guys can do it. Well, well uh, Aguero. <laughs> Nobody crash. wants to wanna, talk about it. I don't want to piss off a whole country again. You guys. Can... <laughs> That's okay. I'll do it. I'll piss off a whole country. <laughs> So, so we all know that uh, Senor Aguero um, so was dis- disputing some sort of call from the AR, um, and I, I and forgive me, I don't recall the uh, the, the AR's name, um, but neither do I. He he was he put his hands on her and literally like right like 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 around her neck and tried to pull him 
pull her towards him to like kind of like they're dragging him along to the conversation and you can totally tell like the body language was like you know no i don't want to go that way and then kind of bounce back and like she, she tried to push him off or like wave him off to 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 discontinue the conversation and disengage which is the professional thing to do the unprofessional thing to do is to try to grab a referee uh and uh specifically in in a situation where like things can get heated and i think you know players can talk to referees all they want and 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 there's a process that's supposed to be followed and yes not all not all policies and laws are followed during a game now that's understandable but the issue is the fact that um if a, if a referee or a person in, in a situation does not feel comfortable or safe right that's part of the the culture that we're trying to to kind of like um get rid of in, in soccer. And I think this is one of those, those things that, you know, A, you don't touch the ref, right? And B, you don't, you don't, you make people feel un, uncomfortable and you don't want them to feel that way. We, we already are in a referee shortage worldwide in the aspect of everything. Uh, and having to subjugate not only a referee to that, but a woman through the, through, through that lens is, 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 uh, is, is horrible. And I think, all the people defending Aguero, first Aguero's trash, has always been trash in my in my eyes. Like regardless, this um, is the traditional uh, Peruano contra lo, los Argentinos. <laughs> yeah, and, and so like and so like long it's, tradition. It's, it's 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 one of those things where like you know you you don't you don't do that. And I, I forgot who the MSNBC. Uh, there's a tweet a uh, video sent out, but who was the. Uh, Oh, Rebecca Lowe had her. Yeah. And, and that is like specifically spot on. And I'm, and I'm glad that she was able to shine light on the aspect of it. Like, like if you don't feel comfortable, if it's making something really uncomfortable, then it's wrong. Right. And so yeah. that's the thing. Right. And one of, one of the arguments um, against like making this an issue was, well, it's, it's a cultural difference. He comes from, from an area and from a culture where, you know, you get really close and you, you know, you're a little more physical with somebody, but that like that means nothing if it doesn't make it any more right to walk up and touch somebody you don't know. And like any woman will tell you that the way he did it is the classic power move by uh, a man who considers himself superior. Um, so it's a it's a younger official. Uh, she's a woman. She is, you know, all those strikes against her, we'll say, uh, in terms of that behavior. So, right, and, and Eric so, and I have have been able to witness what happens to referees at not top level soccer. Like we're talking <laughs> Division Two, like Brazilian League or Division Three Peruvian League, and what can turn into an extremely ugly situation. Yeah, right? and so like that's that's Very the true. thing for me is like we if we are going to, and this kind of like it, this kind of brings in also the Phoenix uh, Rising situation, right? We're like, oh, it's part of the culture or. How long have you been playing soccer? Those comments by the co head coach, which is we are trying to change culture, right? And changing culture is hard, right? It's not easy. But if we uh, don't hold people accountable, specifically players who are making millions and millions of dollars, uh, that this is the way that we're going to change it, then things are not are not going to change. And I was absolutely appalled by this. It was, it was just ridiculous and hard to watch. Uh, but then to that point, Rodrigo, I was very disappointed in Pep Guardiola that he came out and <laughs> defended. He did. He he defended. Him, but, oh, he's the nicest guy. Don't get guy. me started on Pep. 
Yes, I know. This is this is my other my two dads. Come on, he's a, this he's is a good one. Like, it's fine. Where I, where, I, where I run away from home and I, you know, I go live. I go live in the uh, anarcho commune. I'm out of here. <laughs> it was terrible though. He, I, I can't remember. I, I specifically remember him saying like he's the nicest guy. You guys don't know him like I know him. It's like, dude, don't do this. Don't play mm-hmm. this game. Well, we saw what happened to the Phoenix Rising's coach, right? I mean, that that's the, yes. that, that's exactly what we're what we're doing. That and like I I understand, like I understand from my coaching experiences backing up your player, but at the same time, you have to also be hold them accountable for it. And it's this strictly speaks to the culture in soccer worldwide exactly. and how it's 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 if FIFA says we're going to change things, then FIFA needs to like step up and be like, yo. It's, but and not- it has to start. It has to start in the locker room on the training ground. It, I mean, these things shouldn't be happening on the pitch. But if you've got somebody like like Pep and Aguero who make light of it in that way, it's never going to change. Um, true, true. Maybe they, even if they get to a point where they're like punished for doing such a thing on the pitch, if you don't change the culture from within, nothing's actually going to change. I, I just kept seeing. Everybody like everybody's first defense was, oh, he would have done this, you know, if it was a man. Like you know, it, it didn't it didn't mean it wasn't because she was a uh, you know a, a female. So well, first I don't I don't really believe that, but it's also just keep your hands off the refs. Like just don't That's, I don't yeah. care what gender the ref is. Who's a ref is? You're not supposed to go anywhere near. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well said. Well said. Um, I put this in here, let's do this quickly. This was on, on a more positive side. So, well, it's terrible what's happening in Nigeria, if anybody's been paying attention, what's been going on there. But it was it was very brave of Ikalu for from Manchester United to use his platform as a as a professional player to basically call out all the the murders that have been happening there. Um there, you know, I, I connect these dots with a lot of the the police brutality that's happening there in uh, in Nigeria. It's directly connected to what's happening, what we've been fighting in Minneapolis, what's going on in Portland. If you guys haven't been following Portland, not just you all with me here, but listeners, I mean, Portland is going, has been going since like May, June. Like they haven't yeah. stopped. Like that city is in, is in amazing, like full solidarity style rebellion. And Department of Homeland Security and those other forces are still disappearing people. There's still like some really bad authoritarian shit happening there. And all these lines are, are, are connected, I guess, is the point I'm trying to make. And so to see a player just take the time out and be like, yo, if you guys aren't paying attention, please look to Nigeria. And, you know, he called out the Nigerian government as well. He called out the, the SARS, the, the new paramilitary force there. So just putting out a uh, a shout out for that particular player for Ikalu for for taking using his plat platform for some uh, for some good and for some education and boy we hope things get better there because it looks it looks pretty bad I mean I've even talked to people who are like well why you know things are better here in the U S because they're not using live ammo on us like they are in Nigeria and I'm like dot 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 yet right they're not yet using live ammo on us we're we're not that far away though from what's happening in yeah. Nigeria when you think about it. Um, this is already invalid, but I took, a, I took a screenshot of it. Just got thought it was amazing. If you, if you guys have already looked at it, but if you didn't look at it, <laughs> who would you guess is leading the La Liga table? It's such a mess and it's so beautiful. It's like I said, it's, it's already changed as of today, but 
Real Sociedad, number one. Villarreal, number two. Real Madrid comes in at three. Getafe, four. And Cadiz, five, with Granada at six. It's... And, I and don't remember ever seeing nine, like right? I think that's, that's yes. The thing. Yeah, but what's and, really interesting is that you know one win puts you in the top five or top four, and so like everything's close. It's similar to what MLS was going through and is still going through. Like, if you win a game and you get three points, you can be all the way from second to like six, or you can go from eighth to fourth. You know, it's it's crazy, yeah. but like it's it's it's. One for, of those it's it's weird that it's in that particular league, though, where it's been yeah. so solid for so long. Yeah. Looking at the live table right now, Barcelona is actually closer to relegation than they are Champions yep. League spot, like right oh, now. How? How? <laughs> because how, of today. Oh man, how? We'll talk oh, about that in a sec. You know, like I, like this family is a Barca family. I don't follow La Liga, by the way. I'm not a La Liga person. Um, um, but like, how would it be to have Barcelona get relegated? That you know, that's not going to happen. <laughs> FIFA would never let that happen. <laughs> uh, no, but that how how would that play out? Like that would be the the tele tele telenovela that I would love to watch, specifically with the, with the upset Messi and an upcoming <laughs> star with uh, Sergino, and then it's like. It'd be like military coup because there's a you 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 know there's a, an American player in that team. There's got to be some sort of military intervention, which 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 uh, kind of brings us to the reports or the talks or or the or the gossip of another of another uh, tournament, right? Like Liverpool. I, I don't understand this. Go ahead. And Man U are in this. talks to to join a new tournament. So like I was trying to figure this out, and um, like. Uh, my first question is why? Like, yeah, I don't understand. Like, I mean, with the exception of yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're all doing the money sign, listeners. <laughs> Lots of money signs happening. I need money. That's, they've been Dinero. they've been talking about this for years. Every, like every other season, there's talk of some like Super League or like Big Six or something like that, because they you know they don't just want to play Champions League with all of these lowly teams from the other side of Europe um they want to have like their own regional thing and it's it's absurd i mean how many like you already have uh champions league you have the fa series you have, you have the you know, nations uh nations is it true that if this if this were to go through that they would then leave their respective domestic leaves and leagues rather and just do this they would almost still... have to just you know to make it work otherwise they'd be playing like three matches a week for six yeah. months it's so dumb i i don't understand i i think this is just a leverage point like if they get enough backing of the idea this yeah. is this is, is exactly a, a leverage of like let's discuss it's it's kind of like the owners just need something to vote on like every couple of years mm, and they're right. like hey if you all want to spend this much money let's talk about doing this and look you know, if, if, this was, many, if this was how much uh, interest we can get a throwback to the MLS style shootout in goalie wars, I'd be so for it. <laughs> like if they if, uh, if they if they were to phrase it and market it that way, I'd be like, do it. Do it. <laughs> just do it. I just want to see. I just want to see you, you take your you take your five your five top your five people who are going, you know, even if it's just those fives in the reserve team or the of the league T2 team and your top keeper and just be like, all right, it's a mix of shootouts and goalie wars, and we'll see how that works out. No, like that would yeah. be like I'd watch that. One of the some of the arguments for it that I saw like the rationale for it was, you know, in MLS you have 
like each club kind of helps boost the other uh, to keep everyone like in the league and like competitive. Um, you know, we see the player pools and and the money uh, through expansion drafts and all that stuff. Like everyone kind of, you know, if one team is falling, it's not just going to fold. Someone within the league is going to buy it and it's going to be a league run team and all that stuff. They don't really do it that way in England. So you you get those larger and larger gaps between first place and, and last place. Uh, and then, you know, the, the top six or eight clubs are having to compete against these like lower lower standard clubs and that kind of thing. And I think I, it seems like they're all just kind of getting tired of it. Um, so that's, this is like, Hey, why don't we have our own league where, you know, rather than this being like the first division, but half of half of the first division is, you know, in a completely different class. Yeah. They're trying it, to like I mean, it's just, it's, it's even more exacerbated. Good. It's not even like the best teams. I mean, Man right, United yeah. being like, I mean, it's just right. going to get, it's the most marketable. It's the big, you know? the big names. Yeah. 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 Man United would get run out of this league. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say is it's even more exacerbated in like La Liga or even Serie A, but the way yeah. Barcelona's playing right now, yeah, they won't last either. <laughs> uh, well, to that point, we'll do quick Champions League. Um, there weren't a lot of surprises. I think the big one is the, the Lazio over Dortmund 3-1. And I just put in my note, I mean, Lazio, for listeners that don't know, is has a long history of extreme right wing support, uh, straight out fascist, to be totally frank. And Dortmund, on the other hand, is like polar opposite in terms of where they are politically. So there was a lot of conversations on, on social media that were just like, oh, wow, this is like the uh, the fash bombardment of like Guernica or something like that. There was a lot of because, I mean, it's pretty bad when. Yeah, when the when the bad guys win, it's 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 never fun. Um, the other one I, I put in there was Leipzig getting the two 0 win over the Istanbul team. Yeah, uh, Tyler, Tyler Adams, Tyler Adams got in there, and 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 the connection to Caden Clark. That's where eventually he would go and play if if that that. So the fact that we could have in a year or so have a a Caden Clark and a Tyler Adams, correct union would be really interesting. So um, on on the following day. Uh, Jesse Marsh, as long as we're mentioning, mentioning uh, U.S. citizens doing well, he gets his tie with Moscow. The big one was the Shakhtar Donetsk beating Real Madrid. I did not see that one coming, 3-2. Uh, Shakhtar, also known as uh, Brasileiro Tar or, or Shock, <laughs> Shock Brasil Tar. There's always somebody made the great comment that it's the longest, longest running Brazilian exchange program in Europe. <laughs> which i think is like spot on because <laughs> basically half the team is always brazilian did that in that team and you know they they did it i didn't get a chance to watch it but uh good on them big win um Atal- atalanta got a big one as well four nil over the uh danish club and bridget all through to you you got a pretty big one over ajax liverpool won ajax uh, nil uh well that one goal was an own goal from ix so uh nice (laughs) so when we talk about big win we can just say they they hung on um yeah and you know with the first game without virgil van dyke out with the acl injury um yeah it's it's gonna be (laughs) that was that was sarcasm for mr rob up there (laughs) (laughs) i i I sincerely mean i think that that tackle was 
bad. And the fact that there wasn't All right, red cards in, in that match against Everton is atrocious. Is yeah, yeah. It was, that was a, it was a nasty game. Yeah. Um, um go ahead. Yeah. No, that's you know, they're hanging on. Libertadores, I was going to do really quickly. We don't even yeah. go through all the scores. Except no, let's not go through all the scores. Let's just talk about Jorge Wilstermann team. Yes, we have to. <laughs> yes. they're, they're leading their group, Jorge Wilstermann from Bolivia. They beat Colo Colo. And I'm not extremely familiar with this team. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about the negativity of, on the social media side. Well, sometimes Twitter is a great place as well. And I put out a call on the uh, football show Twitter. You know, tell us more about the club. We're interested, da, da, da. And lo and behold, we have 10 new Bolivian followers. Everybody's telling us the history of the club. <laughs> like, so it's cool. Apparently right. we're, we're Wisterman supporters now. I think, I think um, it, it I, I love to point out the correlation between that and the Evo Morales uh, party winning back uh, Bolivian <laughs> parliament. <laughs> well done. Well done. Or mas. And if yes, anyone, well they, they've got some slick kits too, but it's hard to buy. Uh, it's hard to buy shirts from Bolivia. So if anyone's got the hookup there, um, you know, links that don't mom. look like. Okay, sweet. So my number, every, my number one. Question every page was, I found ahead. looks like one that's going to give your computer a virus. So I stayed away. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, my question was basically, who was this man? Because the team's named after him. And so what I learned was, he was the first Bolivian pilot. Thus, the shield with the wings that kind of looks like a, you know, like a pin you'd get from the airline company or whatever. Um, And it it was it was originally named something else. And he obviously made history and and the team was connected, I think, from his hometown, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, so, yes, they they flipped it and named the whole club after him. And there um, there was a couple of points that I didn't I forgot to put in the notes, but. Apparently they've been a pain in the butt to a lot of Brazilian teams too. Like they've, uh, they've, they've, they've knocked them out of some, some Libertadores rounds in the past. So Jorge Wilson, thank you. Thank you to our uh, amigos bolivianos. Gracias y que sean bienvenidos. Yeah. I mean, it's it's such an interesting story about that club. And like, I grew up a lot, like with Bolivian teams, like Bolivar. Right. And like, and if you were to bring the MLS, my two favorite players like ever played for MLS was and Diablo, Diablo Echeverri and Jaime Moreno, right? Those are the two like, like my like one of my favorite players. And like my mom's Bolivian, so there's there's that connection. So to be able to see a Bolivian team bring it to Chile, a Chilean team, ah, there it is. It's always <laughs> it's always interesting. So. So that that's that that's always that. So that's going to be something I'm gonna have to research and see what else we can we can work on with that matter. So yeah, jump in the Twitter threads. There's some there's some really nice people that uh, that are our, our followers now. So they're with us. Nice. Uh, Bridget, you'll notice your Delphine pulled out a big win against Olympia too. So yeah, Dolphins. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think the rest of us was, was uh, yeah, Flamengo got a big win, but um, let's move to uh, today. Real Madrid, we had El Clasico, Real Madrid 3, Barcelona 1. Uh, I caught most of this, not all of it. There were two back-to-back really fast goals between the two of them. The supervillain, Sergio Ramos, got the shirt tug in the box and took the PK and scored. And then in, in stoppage guy. time, don't we all? <laughs> Thus the supervillain. <laughs> who do, who do um, you hate more, Sergio Ramos or David Luiz? Man, because you know David can Luis I, did can score. I cancel him? Can I cancel them both? You know David <laughs> Luis did score. Luis, Luis is at least like funny to watch. Like he does silly shit. That's, 
It's like the That's side, yeah. side, side show dude, Bob, right? He was responsible for four of the seven of the set <laughs> for four, four, Roberto, cuatro. <laughs> Um, that's a tough you know one. anything about it if you ever want to trigger eric and anything just just make sure that, 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 that Luis, that's a tough there one there you go that's he'll go on one. his rant but uh but modric got got the stoppage time uh side foot shot it was beautiful um i don't know if did anybody watch man U chelsea i think it's going on right now it no maybe uh-uh. it just ended zero zeros okay zero so there i had is. it on in the background it was very boring <laughs> um, the one thing I wanted to end with was yesterday. It was Oje Pele's 80th birthday. There was there was some great stuff going on on social media just with the hashtag Pele Oitenta. Um, but, but you know, the only he's, birthday I want to celebrate but, is yours. Well, that that happened. To, Bridget as well, back to back. Right, Happy you guys birthday. had birthdays and we didn't talk about that. So that's like yeah. that's that that's great. I mean, I think Pele is like like I grew up watching like Pele as a player, and I think he's as a player, he's one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. As a person and a social matter, that's a whole different conversation to have. So, you know, to that point, <laughs> I, I listened to a couple of uh, Brazilian football podcasts. And the best thing I heard today was one of the guys said, we we owe everything to Pelé. We, Pelé will always be the greatest. He'll always be the king, da, 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 da. But we must separate Pelé from Edison, right? Oh, Edison. <laughs> and, okay, I like yeah, that. And, and Edison has some issues <laughs> and i was like oh and me too i'm like all right I like I, I, socrates, I socrates, I socrates is the best player yeah yep. so separating pele from edison i think as two different entities is is the way to do it <laughs> you know, and with reading, that we can call it <laughs> reading his biography is interesting because you could see he's kind of dan- dancing around some things and not wanting to admit but he knew <laughs> there were some things going on there oh yeah i mean sh- straight up i mean the the military dictatorship basically used him to you know for as as like building patriotism and keeping people's eyes glued on the tv while they were like you know harassing and attacking and disappearing my parents friends that that was a thing that's what was happening um he was their ambassador to like go to the u.s and fly around the world just be like everything's fine in brazil tá tudo bem tudo na boa tudo bem bem. brasil tá fantastico and in the meantime you know everybody's being tortured and disappeared that all happened. And it, not to mention he, you know, the corporate ties and basically everything that is football now in terms of like the, the players that have become brands, right? The branding of the player. He started that. That was him. Yeah. He was the first. But that's a whole nother topic. Just separate Pelé from Edison and everything makes sense. <laughs> it sounds like we need to have like a Patreon only content for that aspect of it. Maybe we should work on that. Just like have your rant about about that about but... pepsi and pele <laughs> pepsi and pele that's another oh, one good mastercard good. Oh, <laughs> Bridget, yeah. don't throw down the rabbit hole okay i already <laughs> went to the rabbit hole with them that's the last thing we need like yeah. like no more. like eric go, go through your rabbit holes record yourself and then we'll put that on patreon and that's perfectly what we need to do but Rob, i, I wanted... actually want to hear this as a patron do you want to hear this <laughs> i mean i'd listen to it <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. He's like, hey, why not? As I've said, as I've, I've said to you before, Eric, like I'm a patron because I like what you do, not a patron to tell you what to do. <laughs> fair enough. Yes, and I, I like to take time to yeah, I like to time take this time and thank you, Rob, for joining us and yeah. supporting yeah. the stuff that we do, uh, and joining us in our two-hour long sessions that I have to try to figure out how to edit in less than <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> manageable times. We are not trying to to model the the Dave's I know, but sometimes don't, it's don't tell close. Sheila. <laughs> Shh. 
<laughs> Nothing happened. One hour yeah, exactly. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> all right, guys. Obrigado. Thanks, Rob. Thank you so Thanks. much. Rodrigo, as usual. Thank you all. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. Listeners. Thank you.